We've got 10 nights until the next full moon. Well, he was what I would call a Sasquatch. Pilots that showed unidentified flying objects. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. I don't believe 99% of the things that people claim they've seen. I think this is in that 1%. A lot of people make fun of me, but I don't care. I know it's there. G'day and welcome to the Mellow Tiger Podcast. My name is Bree Wolf, and today we have a different kind of episode for you. If you've been hanging around for a little bit, you would know I'm usually joined by Josh and Jordan. But unfortunately, we are currently weathering a lockdown that doesn't look to be ending anytime soon. Instead of disappearing completely, we agreed to alter the usual episode format in order to continue producing something that will hopefully tie you over until our current lockdown is lifted, or at least eased. We appreciate you sticking around. The forest did not tolerate frailty of body or mind. Show your weakness and it would consume you without hesitation. Tahir Shah. Throughout history, forests have frequently been associated with the chance of adventure, but also as a place of potential dangers and the unknown. The following stories are true accounts of some seriously spooky woods experiences. Full disclaimer, I haven't been able to verify each story as they were all taken from Reddit, but if they are as true as the narrator believes them to be, some of them are enough to send a shiver down your spine. Like a lot of people who find themselves interested in the topics explored here on the Mellow Tiger, when I enter the woods or the bush, my head fills with fanciful ideas of the types of monsters I might run into. Maybe a yaoi or perhaps a frog-type humanoid that exclusively sustains itself on the delicious eardrums plucked from women in their late 20s or early 30s. The first few encounters are a stark reminder that the scariest monster you're likely to encounter is man himself. Encounter 1, The Uninvited, by user unknown. In 2016, my boyfriend and I went camping in eastern Pennsylvania. The place we decided to stop for the night was primitive. Camping was free, there was no cell service, and barely even a road. We did encounter two other people. They may or may not factor into what happened later, but they were creepy, so I've included them. The first was a woman who had her truck parked on the side of the road. She had the hood open and seemed to be waiting for someone to stop and offer to help. Usually my boyfriend had no problem stopping and helping someone, but he said something about her and the situation unnerved him. She didn't really seem like she needed help, and usually people who need help look at you hopefully as you approach. She looked like she just expected we would stop. That's what my boyfriend said anyway. I hadn't really noticed anything that strange about her. The next person arrived when we had chosen a spot and were setting up a fire for hot dogs. I had noticed people driving by a few times, but my boyfriend pointed out it was the same car passing us each time. The driver would slow down and stare at us. My boyfriend was a little uneasy about this, but we had driven around for a while before finding a place we liked. It had been raining and everything was muddy and we wanted the driest site possible. This person could have been doing the same thing. We briefly thought about moving, but the road was muddy too. If he wanted to find us, all he had to do was follow our tracks. There were some other tracks, but not many. He'd only have to backtrack a little to locate us again. 
He didn't come by another time, so he stayed and spent the several remaining hours before dark goofing off. No one else drove by. Whether or not those two had anything else to do with our experience, the real fear came later. We had gone to sleep in our tent, and sometime around 3am, we were awoken by this very loud noise. I can't describe it very well, or even remember exactly what it sounded like, but my boyfriend said it reminded him of a chain gun revving up. It was also similar to how it would sound if someone recorded a shovel being dragged over gravel and played it over a loudspeaker. He quickly sat up and peered out the small tent window, but couldn't really see anything. The sound repeated itself a few more times. I was too scared to speak, so my boyfriend whispered that it was probably miles off and I should go back to sleep. I didn't question this, as I figured loud sounds could be easily heard miles off, especially on a still night. After we left, he told me it sounded like it had actually been coming from just down the road, but he didn't want to scare me. Looking back, I probably should have wondered why he would bother whispering if apparently the sound was so far off. I was still terrified. Every little thing I heard outside sounded like someone was walking around the tent. We laid there for a while longer, when finally my boyfriend told me to get dressed because we were leaving. I got alarmed by this, and even more alarmed when he unwrapped his new machete before exiting the tent. We quickly packed up our camp and loaded the car. I looked around for footprints that weren't our own, but despite the moon providing plenty of light, I couldn't really see. However, before we got into the car, I did point out something my boyfriend hadn't noticed. There was a beer can by the dead fire that wasn't there before. We didn't even bring beer. While we were driving away, my boyfriend explained that he was nervous someone might have been trying to lure us out, so he didn't think it was a good idea to run from the tent right away. He also half expected to find our gas tank had been siphoned out, but that wouldn't have stopped us because we had a hybrid car. The rest of the trip, we only stayed in well-populated campsites or we got a hotel. Encounter 2. Passing Shadows by user JunkXEdge I used to be in a group that's somewhat like the Scouts, so I've spent a lot of time in the woods, and while some weird shit often happened, most of the time it was easy to explain. One thing did happen that to this day scares the living shit out of me. I was the leader of a camping trip for an 8-10 to year old age group. It was the first year we had stayed in this particular area of the forest, and it was huge. Normally we tend to explore the majority of the terrain before the kids arrive, so we were aware of any possible dangerous spots to avoid, but due to the size of the area, we weren't able to this time round. During every camp, we have what we call a night game. It's usually a scary game in which the kids have to complete several tasks while the leaders scare the ever-loving shit out of them. For this night game, we masked up as monsters and hid out in the woods close to checkpoints the kids had to pass. While running in between checkpoints, I found an open stretch of forest with little to no foliage, so it was ideal for chasing after them. There was no real room to hide besides behind trees, so I couldn't use my flashlight or they'd easily be able to see me. It was dark, like the unsettling kind of dark that plays tricks on your eyes and you start imagining things that aren't real. During my stay there, I saw a shadow that was around my size running past me a few times. I couldn't see it very well, so I just assumed I was imagining things because nothing was there when I turned my flashlight on. The game was nearing its end and I saw the shadow again. This time I could see it vaguely standing near a tree not too far away from me. I thought it was one of the other leaders hiding to scare kids and decided to go over there as it was about time to go back. I aimed my flashlight towards the tree and while getting closer I noticed there was indeed someone standing there. 
This person was dressed in what looked like a torn burlap sack and had their head covered with a few white plastic bags that appeared to be tied together. A feeling of pure dread swept over me. Something about this felt really off. I asked if everything was okay, but they didn't respond. The only thing I heard was this weird sound. It sounded like someone knocking on wood. Nevertheless, I went a bit closer until I was about 10 metres away from this person. The knocking sound turned out to be the person smacking their head repeatedly into the tree, and I noticed they appeared male. He was barefoot, and his arms and legs were covered with crusted mud. His hands were in a weird cramped position. I was convinced this was just one of the other leaders pulling a prank, so I told them to knock it off. He slowly turned his head and started walking towards me. Something inside me told me to run, even if it was just a stupid prank. I was terrified. If this wasn't a prank, it felt like I was in serious danger, so I ran as fast as I could. I heard him running after me, but I didn't want to turn around to look for fear of tripping over or running into a tree. I arrived back at camp and every single person that could be dressed like that was already there. They couldn't have gotten there before me, and if they had, they wouldn't have had time to change into their regular clothes. Still, I told them what had happened and that they had given me a good scare with that one. They just looked at me strangely, thinking I was trying to scare them, and we left it at that. The next day, I wanted to return to the clearing and check it out. Who knows, maybe some weirdo ate the wrong mushroom and might be out there dying from hypothermia. I took someone else with me just in case. We arrived at the tree where I saw the person banging his head, and there was a dead-skinned, decomposing rabbit nailed to the tree. We called the cops. They looked around quickly and brushed it off as just a prank from another scouting group or some kids from the nearby town and left it at that. We didn't notice anything weird after that, so it probably was a dumb prank. But seriously, some people have a fucked up sense of humour. Encounter 3. The Argument. By user Sutology. I used to be a trail ranger, which is basically a ranger who doesn't have the authority to get you into trouble. One time I was gathering illegally placed wildlife cameras and knocking down hunting stands, feeders and blinds with another actual ranger. The other ranger wasn't feeling well, so he decided to head back early as it was a one hour quad trip home. I just finished up my last task when I heard voices. Keep in mind, I'm far off the beaten path. I called out and no one replied. As it was getting dark, I started to head back and found that my quad wouldn't start. I inspected it and noticed that the battery was no longer connected. I reconnected it and began driving, but I was struggling to reach any sort of speed. Less than half a mile later, the whole thing died. I radioed back, letting the other rangers know about my predicament and that I would need someone to come and pick me up. They told me they would, but it wouldn't be for at least an hour. I asked if the other guy had returned yet, and they replied no. It was getting dark, so I settled down and started a small fire. And before long, I heard voices again. The voices sounded like an argument now. Someone was angry and yelling at someone else who sounded more scared. I called out and asked if anyone needed help. The voices didn't seem to care. I estimated they would have been less than a thousand feet away. I radioed again and the rangers said they were having trouble finding what path I might be on and hadn't left to get me yet. I was growing frustrated and asked them to contact the other ranger who had previously been working with me. He would be able to tell them where I was as he had tracked that location on an iPad. They responded he still hadn't returned yet. We ended our communication and after about three minutes, the voices start up again. I decide to try and locate them in hopes they may have had a map. I began walking towards their direction, but as I did, the voices seemed to get further and further away the closer I got to them. 
After 20 minutes of searching, I gave up and returned to my fire. Once again, I radioed my colleagues and they informed me the other ranger had been found passed out and covered in vomit and was being taken to hospital. They were able to find the iPad and now had a general idea where I was. The radio then died. Then the voices in the forest returned. I was bored out of my mind, so I decided to try and listen to what they were arguing about. I could only hear bits and pieces and started picking up things like, well, it wasn't yours to take, and I don't fucking care, you knew better, and so on. I figured it was probably two hunters arguing over a kill. The next noise was unintelligible, then came silence, then bang, a gunshot. I immediately doused my fire and hid. After the gunshot, I heard nothing but my own breathing for the next half hour until I saw quad lights coming up the trail. I told the ranger picking me up everything and they radioed back to base. A small search party was sent out and looked around the area for three hours, finding nothing. They came back the next day with police and search dogs. After about an hour, a shallow grave was found containing a long dead man who had clearly been shot in the face. The thing was, it was skeletal remains and they had obviously been there for years. So either the argument I heard just ended with a bang and both parties went home last night, or I'd heard a murder that had taken place years ago. When we head into the woods, most of us are wanting to get closer to nature. And sometimes, as depicted in the following stories, nature wants to get a little too close to us. Encounter 4. The Stalker. By user CloudGod13. I was the lone recreation ranger in a small district in southern Idaho. Nearest town from the guard station was about an hour and a half away by car. After moving into the guard station, I found the solar power was not working, and I hadn't slept for about a month due to various factors like bats in the cabin and something moving about on the deck at night. The woods there had always had an eerie feeling to them. About two months into the seasonal job, I started to hear something walking and scratching on the deck at night, perhaps even on the door. Now this district was known for badgers and beavers, so I didn't think much of it. When leaving the cabin at night, I always had an eerie feeling like I was being watched. One night, I was returning from my weekly Tuesday night grocery run when a bad feeling enveloped me. At the time, I did not have my shotgun in the vehicle, which added to my uneasiness. After stepping out of the vehicle, I looked to the right of the cabin, about 50 feet from my front door. All I could see were two eyes, about three and a half to four feet in the air. To say I freaked out was an understatement. I started yelling, get the fuck out of here, but the eyes only crouched down, an inch closer. At this point, I could tell it was a large animal of some kind, definitely not a coyote. I tossed a piece of firewood in the general area and the creature leapt back a bit, but it didn't make a sound. I tossed four or five more pieces and the creature still inched forward. At this point, I fumbled with the keys. I couldn't see what I was doing because once again, the solar power was out. I managed to get inside and grab my shotgun. Technically, you're not supposed to have guns when you're in government housing, but there was no way I'd be staying in the hills have eyes backcountry without one. I went back outside and now the creature was even closer. With my shitty headlamp, I still couldn't get a good look at it. I loaded the shotgun and continued to throw pieces of wood with one hand. After what felt like forever, the creature finally walked back into the brush. That night, I drank about four IPAs and slept with my shotgun. In the morning, the trail crew came up and found mountain lion tracks all over the porch, rocking bench and compound leading back to the creek. 
After that event, I always heard the rocking chair move and someone or something walking on the porch, but never found any tracks after that point. Considering it was always muddy up there, it was weird to not find any tracks. I've been stalked by mountain lions before and never had that eerie feeling like I did in those woods. Encounter 5, Concealed in the Creek by user throwaway8292430 I've been a ranger in the USFS for almost 15 years, but this takes place about three years after I joined. We were getting calls about a lone wolf with a collar hanging around campsites. Weird, since wolves aren't known to be in the area, but when you work in the field long enough, you start to realise anything is possible. No calls have mentioned violent behaviour from the animal. I departed from the station around noon to check out the places that had been sighted. I wandered around for about three hours until I took a break for water. I sat down, had a snack, drank some water, and was getting ready to go again when the thing was about 20 feet out, trotting near the tree line. It seemed friendly and had the collar, so I whistled to it and he came over to me. Getting a closer look, I could see it wasn't a wolf. It was huge, but it was dark and didn't have the right body structure, though I could see why it would be confusing from a distance. I radioed in and reported that I had the dog with me, but as soon as I said I'd bring him in, the dog took off like he was playing to see how far he could get me to chase him. I went after it, and I swear it was a game of chase for at least five minutes as we steadily ran through the forest. The dog finally slowed down near a rock bed creek area and started pacing around a spot. I drew closer and didn't see anything off at first, and then I noticed it. The overgrowth had almost disguised what appeared to be human bones. I called it in immediately, and another team was sent to recover the remains. When I went to retrieve the dog, he was just gone. But honestly, it wasn't a priority at that point. He was friendly enough, and I figured we'd catch up with him later. The bones were identified as a teenage male's, died by a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. He'd been reported missing in the area long before I'd become a ranger, and there'd been pretty much no hope of finding him. I spoke to his mum on the phone when she called to thank me personally, and she asked how I found her son. I mentioned the black dog, then thought I'd said something wrong since there was a pause on her side of the line. After I gave a couple of details about the dog, she quietly explained that her son, who struggled with making connections, had sunken into a deep depression after the death of his best friend, the very dog that led me to him. I think I spent the rest of the day stunned. I continue to be in disbelief, in a way, but I know what happened. Encounter 6, short but scary, by user Tom of the Guan. So my dad is a forestry technician and this happened to one of his co-workers. She was up doing some sort of job in the very most northerly part of Ontario. It was in the middle of the night and she was half asleep and vaguely heard something outside her tent. Then she felt something push against her tent and the zipper slowly opened. She opened her eyes and saw the head of a polar bear in her tent. Polar bears are known to be super aggressive and will hunt and eat people. She laid there paralysed with fear, thinking that it was the end for her, and then the bear slowly retracted its head and left. Encounter 7. The Cellar. By user Ernst Egret. No family connection. I was out walking with my cousins about 14 years ago when we found what looked like an old burnout house, so naturally being kids at the time and having no sense of self-preservation, we decided to explore it. 
Mostly it was just full of charred wooden crap and junk, but then one of my cousins found an entrance to a cellar outside. We busted the old rusted lock off the door and looked down inside. It was dark down there and we didn't really have any reason to go poking around it, plus we were starting to get creeped out, so we kicked some dirt down into it and walked off. When we get about 15 yards away from the house, one cousin says he hears a noise, so we stop. I hear it too. It sounds like somebody coming up the rotting cellar stairs of the house. We peek back through the trees and see a dark, kind of fuzzy shape crawl out of the cellar, which we left open. It looked kind of like a big old dog. And then it stood upright. We hauled ass out of there. We all ran off in different directions like morons. Each of us convinced the cellar creature was chasing us. I ran right through some briars and in a panic tore my arms and legs up, which got me in big trouble when I got home. We were all fine otherwise, but we did avoid going back too far into the woods after that. Closest thing I can figure is there was a small black bear living in the cellar. Maybe it had another entrance we didn't know about, and we woke it up being little assholes. But seeing something hairy and dark come out of that cellar, then stand up, was like being in a horror movie. I never want to see that old house again. Encounter 8. Hunting. By user Trigger1154. I'm a skeptic of the supernatural, but I believe anything is possible, so I won't discount supernatural occurrences if I can't find a logical explanation for them. I have a few incidences that I've witnessed but couldn't explain. I'm only going to tell the one that freaked me out the most. So here it goes. I live in the Twin Cities in Minnesota, USA. A lot of people in the cities have cabins in either northern Minnesota or rural Wisconsin. Our cabin was in northern Wisconsin, a small town called Danbury. The cabin is on Long Lake at the very end of Long Lake Road. Along with the cabin came almost an acre of land of thick forest. We carved a trail through the land for quads and whatnot. So the scene is set. Now about me. I'm an outdoor enthusiast, have been forever. I'm six foot four and fit and have been a hunter since I was around 12. I know my environment well. I know the wildlife. I know the forest and I'm typically comfortable in the woods. I come from a military family and I'm trained in multiple forms of combat, armed and unarmed. And I have extensive firearms training. As a result, I'm fairly confident in my abilities to defend myself. I'm not really scared of people. Big predators, on the other hand. I'm not a fan of bears, wolves, man, bear, pig, whatever. This brings me to the weirdness. I'm 23 now, but at the time of the incident, I was 16. And even at 16, I was a decent hunter and I generally had good common sense. Anyway, I was at the cabin with my cousin Jay and our grandparents. It is middle of summer, I think July, and my cousin and I were shooting at each other with airsoft guns. We had an intense battle going on throughout the property, including the woods. Our battle ended about 100 yards northwest of the cabin and into the woods. We had ended the war on the main trail and were standing talking about the events that conspired. So we were talking away when I noticed something move in front of us, about 50 metres out. I got quiet and focused, dead ahead, scanning. Jay was still talking, so I whispered, shh. He shut up, and to freak him out, I said we were being watched as a joke, because I figured the movement I caught was probably a bird or something. But then I did notice something. It's dead quiet, no birds chirping, nothing. Then I started to think, this only happens when a big predator is around. So I looked even closer. Then I saw it. In front of me, there was a large animal. It had reddish-brown fur and it almost blended perfectly until I focused on it. It had long front arm-like limbs with formidable claws and it was standing kind of slouched down against a tree like it was trying to be stealthy. 
Even in this state, it was nearly as tall as me, and the only reason why I saw it was because of its teeth. I think it was panting because its whitish teeth were visible and its snout appeared to be a tad elongated. I didn't get a better look because my first thought was, we have to go. Jay was already freaked out, so when I said we should leave, he bolted up the trail towards the cabin. Because I was protective of him, I waited a good three seconds and kept my eye on the thing until I saw it move, and it was fast. Then I ran like hell. I didn't see which way it ran. All I know is I heard it crashing through the woods. Jay stopped at the shed to wait for me, which was still 50 metres from the cabin. When I caught up, I yelled, go, 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 and we both bolted to the cabin and got inside and shut the door. My grandmother asked why we looked so panicked and had slammed the door. I knew they wouldn't believe me, so I said we saw a bear, and Jay nodded in agreement. Later that night, after our grandparents went to sleep, we talked about it, and I asked Jay if he saw it. He told me that he paused for a second to look back after he ran to see if I was running with him, and he saw me still looking at it. Then he saw it move too, but mostly he said he only saw a flash of fur. He didn't think it was the right colour for a bear. I told him it wasn't. We only have black bears in the area, and the animal wasn't built right. I told him I didn't think it was a bear, and he asked why I'd lied to our grandparents. I said I didn't think they'd believe us. We have kept it between us until now. Still, the animal didn't match any known regional animal profiles in the area. I'm at a loss for what it may have been. I know that it was stalking us, though, and that it was built like an athletic predator, not like a bear, not its heavy set. After the incident, neither of us would go into the woods on foot alone without a gun. We generally only went back into the woods on quads from that point forward. I always loved the cabin up until then. Fortunately, it's been sold now. That's all the stories we have for you today. Don't forget to head over to our Facebook page and let us know which one you liked the best. I personally really enjoyed Encounter 3, the argument. There was just something so creepy about overhearing that argument alone in the forest and then finding the body the next day. When I was reading it, I kind of thought maybe it would have been his ranger friend, like someone had captured him or something. But I mean, that was just as creepy. I also really liked the part of Encounter 4, the stalker. Where the ranger staying in that cabin let us know he had to get drunk on four IPAs so he could sleep soundly and I'm over here like that's a regular podcast afternoon for Josh Jordan I just <laughs> whatever hopefully the lockdown restrictions will ease soon and we can get back to our regular tomfoolery until next time keep washing your hands and staying out of trouble bye